one of the biggest tragedies that we have in our generation is the addiction that people have to wasting seed. Now we've talked about this many times. We have, Baruch Hashem, many shiurim about this topic. But everybody knows that wasting seed doesn't happen by itself. It all begins with the eyes. As the Gemara Masichet Avodah Zarah says, you should be careful at the things that you see during the day, so the ra, the evil, does not come to you at night. Chachamim say, what's ra? Ra is wasting seed. We learned that from the story of Eren Onan in the book of Bereshit, where it says what they did was ra be'ne Hashem, was evil in the eyes of Hashem. Chachamim say, from there we learn that wasting seed being promiscuous and all of the immoralities considered evil in the eyes of Hashem. Now, there's nothing new under the sun. Wasting seed is literally in Sefer Bereshit. Adam Rishon left his wife after the sin. The Zohar Kadosh says he, he left his wife to do tshuva. He thought that if he leaves his wife, he's going to be able to get closer to Hashem. But Akadosh Baruch Hu already said, a man is not supposed to be alone. He has to be with a wife. It's not good for a man to be alone. Why? Because the Gemara says, a wife, if she takes care of his children and she keeps him away from immorality, she's an eshet chayim. Because a man, it's impossible for him not to waste seed. Impossible. Either he's going to do it with someone or by himself. If he's with his wife, it's not wasting seed, it's allowed. As long as it goes in the right place, he's allowed, perfectly fine mitzvah. But if he does it by himself, or he does it with a woman that's not his wife, or he does it with a prostitute, or a goya, or whatever it is, an animal, whatever he does with, it's all sins. Adam Rishon made a mistake. What did he do? He left his wife, thinking, I'm going to get close to Hashem, say I'm sorry for eating from the tree of knowledge. He left her for almost 130 years. Problem is, during that 130 years, he wasted seed. All of the demons in the world came from him. Meaning that wasting seed already started at Sefer Bereshit. Continued already at Yudah and Tamar. The sons, Eren Onan, the sons of Yudah, wasted seed. Hashem killed them. So this is in creation. Wasting seed is not a new thing. What's new then? What's the Chidush? The Chidush is Rabotai, this generation has two problems. One, lack of knowledge. We are the generation of ignorance. We do not know anything about anything. Even the things we think we know about, we don't know. And two, we have too much information available to us at too easy to the extent that we become addicted to things very quickly. Now, many scientists did not believe that pornography is something that is addictive until many other scientists proved them wrong. There is an extensive paper written by a group of different scientists 
neurologists, psychiatrists, psychologists, all types of papers from different universities about the addiction of pornography. And they call it the new drug. Fighting the new drug, how porn changes the brain. And it literally says that what they found in their research, it's very, very interesting, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, is that pornography is no less addictive than the hardest drugs in the world. When the Rambam wrote in Alakha that the biggest addiction a human being can have is to waste seed, is immorality, he wasn't saying it as a suggestion or as a possibility or as his opinion. He was saying it as this is divine information. When the scientists and neurologists and all the researchers came together and discovered the same thing, all they did is discover what was already written in the Torah for 3,000 years. Now why did the scientists arrive at this conclusion that pornography, the first stage that leads to wasting seed, is something that's addictive, says that what happens with pornography is that it triggers a protein called Delta Fos B. Delta Fos B is one of the things that a person, in essence, gets pleasure from, but it's also one of the things that is connects to addiction. Drug addiction, sex addiction, money addiction, all types of addictions. And in essence, this particular protein is confused, thinking, now after he saw that him seeing this immodesty, this pritzut, led to a good feeling, and now connects the brain to think that every time he sees this filth, it's going to lead to good. So now what happens is a kid doesn't know right or left, 12, 13, 14 years old, gets a phone, goes on a computer, has free access, goes on the internet, starts looking at pornography, things he's never even imagined in his worst dreams, and he gets pleasure as a result of it, thinking it's not a big deal. Even sometimes the parents do it next to the kids of Shem Yachem. I have one kid telling me that his father watches it in the living room. No problem. I said, you must have done some serious sins in your previous life to have such a father. Shem Yachem. What kind of people we have in the world today. In the old generation, at least the people would be ashamed of it. They would do it privately. Today they do it openly in the office next to the guys. Hey, come look at this. That's what people do today. They have no shame whatsoever. Why? Because they're all addicted to it. The girls and the guys, not just the guys. Guess what? Research says pornography sites have more members that are women than men. Surprise, surprise of the sick generation we live in. More members that are women than men. That's how low we are. That's how low women think of themselves. Now guys see this. Girls see this. They get a certain pleasure as a result of seeing this filth, this animalistic behavior. 
And now this particular protein programs their brain to think that every time they see nakedness, it will lead to good. Hence, the addiction to immodesty, not only of what you see, but the immodesty of how you dress, the immodesty of how you behave, the immodesty of how you look at the world. Women ask me all the time, wait a minute, if Hashem created us, what difference is it to Him if I'm wearing clothes or not? He knows what I look like naked. It's not about how Hashem looks at you, you fool. It's about how you look at yourself, how you value yourself. But the problem is, when you are addicted to filth, you don't value yourself. You value what people perceive you as. If they perceive you as pretty, you feel pretty. If you, they perceive you as ugly, you feel ugly. That's at least theoretically. What's the funny thing is? Funny thing is that the prettiest women are the most self-conscious people on earth. Why? Because once you are addicted to other people's perception of you, guess what? It's never enough. You're always going to think they don't think you're pretty. You're always going to think they think that there's something wrong with you. Why? Because you're too dependent on other people's opinion instead of your own opinion. No, no, I'm dressing like this for myself. Bobkiss. No, I like to wear this clothes. It makes me feel good about myself. Bobkiss. Liar. You're a filthy liar even to yourself. What's the proof? If you were stuck in an island by yourself, your next door neighbor was a monkey, a chimpanzee, and a giraffe. Would you still wear that filthy clothes and put makeup on that's three pounds thick? No. Why? Because no one's there to look at you. Meaning the only reason you're wearing three inches worth of makeup and clothes that are better fit for underwear is because you want other people to look at you because you're a self-conscious person. It's sad. You have all the tools in the world to be happy as can possibly be, regardless of what you look like. Why? You're God's daughter, for heaven's sake. What else do you need? What is Ashir? Ashir means wealthy. What's really Ashir? Ein, Enaim. Shin, Shinaim. Yud, Yadaim. Resh, Raglaim. You have eyes. You have teeth, you have arms, your legs, you're rich. You're beautiful, you're perfect. That's all you need. You don't need a six-pack and a two-pack and a one-pack and eyes here and eyes there and arms here. You don't need any of that stuff. There's somebody for somebody everywhere. Trust me, I deal with this. I deal with a lot of people in my life. I see people... Somebody asked me for a shidduch, I say, Bezat Hashem, I'll try to find you somebody. Sometimes they're good-looking people, sometimes they're ugly people. It's not for me to judge. But you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised sometimes some guy that looks like he just came out of a cave, he hasn't seen a man in his life, finds the most beautiful woman in the world. How? She finds him beautiful, she finds him fine. She's attracted to him. Who am I to say no? Or vice versa. Sometimes you got you look like a guy. He looks like a statue that came from some some uh, comic book or something. But his wife looks like she has no size. She's the size of everything. She fits in everything. She's like water. But he likes it. He loves it. 
Good for you. That's your taste. Congratulations. Who am I to tell you what to like? The point is, Rabotai, there's somebody for somebody. HaKadosh Baruch is the one of his Mezavik Zivugim. You depend on other people's taste, other people's visions, you're going to live a very poor life. Now what happens is with those people, they end up being very lonely. And when you're very lonely, you end up doing many, many mistakes. One of them is getting addicted to pornography. Scientists confirmed that it's an addiction no less than drugs. There are sex centers in every single community now because of the addictions that people have. Everywhere there are sex addicts. It's, a, it's not a thing. It's a reality. It all starts with yourself. Rabbi Nachman Breslev, Alava Shalom, says in Likutei Maharan, person is promiscuous with himself, eventually is promiscuous with the opposite sex. Promiscuous with the opposite sex, eventually same sex. Why? It's not enough. He wants taboo. By himself it's not enough, watching a certain type of filth. So he watches some other filth. Eventually he wants to fulfill that filth. He was, it wasn't enough for him to see normal Filth. So now he wants to see abnormal. Young guy in his 20s. Says he went to yeshiva his whole life. Sends me a message. Says, Rabbi, is there any permission to offer me look at, to look at naked pictures of boys? I said, excuse me? Figuring it's girls. No, boys. I said, you know you're going to become a pedophile, right? Because yeah, most likely you're right. Because I'm not doing anything. I'm just looking. I said, yeah, that's how it starts. You don't start controlling yourself of your, what you're looking at. Eventually, you're going to become the next pedophile. He won't give me his name, though. Trying to help the guy. Won't help himself. I don't need his name to help him. The point is, some people don't want to help themselves. Why? They don't realize there's something wrong. Something wrong. There's a screw loose. Another person calls me not too long ago. Says, I sent my child to the best schools in the world. I said, okay, what's the problem? They're just about to turn 30 years old. I said, okay, so what's the problem? 30 happens eventually. That's a good thing. He says, yeah, the problem is, he just called me. He says, Ima, I don't want to be a woman anymore. I want to be a man. So she went to public school? She says, no, she went to the best bet Yaakov. She, she had boyfriends? She was never. She's a virgin. She got traumatized, raped, something. She goes, never, nothing. Says, something's wrong. It's not normal. She's been watching something, doing something. It's not normal to get to this. These problems are coming from religious houses. Needless to say, there's 50 million times more of it in non-religious houses. It all starts with where your eyes go. People are addicted to pornography. This is what happens. Unfortunately, there are many websites out there that try to protect people by saying, guard yourself in different ways, put filters on the internet, put filters, put filters, put filters, call a kavot for the filters, but I'm sorry, it's not going to work. Why? There's no filter for the people's desires, other than Yirat Shamayim. You could filter as much as you want. You could filter the phone as much as you want, the computer as much as you want. Guess what? They'll find another computer. They'll find another phone. I got a yeshiva guy four years ago. Yeshiva guy, Avrech. Avrech. He's already in his 30s. Says to me, I'm sorry, I have to tell you, you're the only one that can help me. I said, why? He goes, because you don't know me and you talk about it. I said, what happened to you? 
He says, I'm addicted to pornography. I said, how? Well, get, the, get a sensor, get a filter, get a something. He goes, I have all of them. I said, okay, take out the TV from your house. He goes, chas v'shalom. You think I have a TV in my house? He goes, what do you think, I'm a goy? I said, no, no, I'm sorry. I was new already at the time. I said, no, I don't know. I figured you watch pornography. You have a TV in your house. He goes, what do you think, my wife is a... Uh, what do you think? He yelled at me. I said, no, okay. So how do you watch pornography? On your phone? He goes, what do you think? I, have a, I don't have a filter on my phone. So I said, okay, so how do you do it? He says to me this. He says, once a month, once a month, we go to family's house. And they have a computer without a filter. I say, and? He goes, that's it. I said, wait, you're telling me that the whole month, you're just waiting for this one hour you have with this computer? He says, yes. I said, you are sick. Baruch Hashem, he stopped being sick. I helped him. How? No filter in the world is going to help him. You know what helped him? Yirat Shemaim. I explained to him what kind of genom they're going to rip him apart in. I told him, watch the shiur about wasting seed. Watch the shiur about genom. He watched it, Baruch Hashem, he's helping other people do tshuva today. Why? Yirat Shemaim is the only thing that can help people stop. The filters could contain you to a certain extent, could stop you, can make it a little more difficult, but if your desire is uncontrollable, it'll just get worse. It won't get better. Why? Because everything we just said is already written in the Torah. Where? Gemara, Masechet Yoma, page 29, says a parable. It's very hard to understand, but Bezat Hashem, I had a chidush. And I verify with my love, it's emit. It says the following. I'll just read in English. The thoughts of sin are worse than the sin itself. The thoughts of sin are worse than the sin itself. Once you get the junk into your mind... It's already worse than the sin itself. We'll explain in a second why. But why does the Gemara say it is? Why is this, the thought of the sin worse than the sin? This doesn't make any sense. So the Gemara is going to tell us why. It says, to remember this, there's a mnemonic. There's a something that's going to help you remember that the, the, the thought of the sin is worse than the sin. What's the mnemonic? The aroma of roasting meat. The aroma of, way, of, of, of uh, roasting meat. Because roasting meat, in essence, is a uh, someone that has a sexual desire. It's like having not having uh, what he wants. So it's like, in essence, if somebody has a desire for, uh, for something, something has a desire to eat meat, he's hungry, and you put meat in front of him, but you're not allowed to eat it. His desire gets worse. And further, the end of summer is worse than the beginning of summer. And Farshim says, what does it mean end of summer is worse than summer? He says that the uh, end of the month Elul, the sun is much more dangerous because at that time already, people have been in the sun already for a couple of months. So the sun at the end of that month is more dangerous because you already have 
a lot of tan, so a little bit of sun can cause even more, just you know, more damage, because you've already been exposed to sun. Further, says that a heated oven. This is like a heated oven. The thought of sin is like a heated oven. The winter fever is stronger than the summer. And a cold oven. And relearning old things, forgotten information is harder than acquiring new knowledge. Just as cement is more difficult to make from existing cement than from from uh, old cement than from existing cement, so all of this parable is like uh, might as well be Chinese to a bunch of English speakers. What's the chidush? Chidush explains what the Gemara is trying to tell us here. Simply said, everything we just said—that's what the Gemara is saying. Everything we just said for twenty minutes straight—that's what the Gemara is saying. How? Following. Why are the thoughts of sin worse than a sin itself? The thoughts come from not watching your eyes. Because what is the thought? It's the intellect. It's the intellect. Whereas the sin itself is a reality. It's your body itself. Even if somebody is promiscuous, like we said earlier... Even if somebody's promiscuous and they want to be with just anybody, they still have to find just anybody. And there's just so many people that would agree with you. Whether you're a male or a female, even though female, there's just so many. She can't do it all the time, every day, and so on. Man, even less, normally speaking. But when it's the intellect, when the sin is in your mind, when it comes from pornography... That sin is literally in your mind at all times. You can think filth all the time. You go to the store, there's a woman cashier, you think about her. You look at your cousin, you think about her. You look at a classmate, you think about her. Teacher, you think about her. Gas uh, tank, you think about her. Magazine, think about her. Billboard, think about her. The milk carton, you think about her. TV, you think about her. Every single place, you think about her. Better yet, you start looking at things as images and you start thinking this looks like her. Everything starts looking to you like this. Why? Because it's a sin of the mind and the mind has no limitations like the body. You start looking at different things. This is a shape. One woman asked me about a dress. I asked the Rabbanit about this dress. Is this dress kosher? She says no. I said why? It covers everything from head to toe. The neck, everything, the line. She goes, yeah, but it has a design. I said, yeah, a lot of things have design. She goes, no, no, pay attention to the design. Design has a certain triangle that ends exactly at the member, at the private part of a woman. That's what guys are going to look at. They're not going to look at the long sleeves and the long dress. They're going to look at the design of this triangle. That's how sick the sick mind is. But that's what a Bat Yisrael needs to think about. That's what the husband needs to think about also. Because a sick mind has no limitations. So the thoughts of sin are worse than the sin. But further, what does this mean? Because the thoughts also train the person. When you start watching 
things that are filthy, you start watching pornography, what ends up happening is you train your mind to things that are unrealistic. You start thinking that everything is supposed to be that way. Like these filthy people that their whole life is this toiva. You think that your wife is supposed to look like this. You think that your wife is supposed to do things like this. That this is the way you're supposed to get pleasure. This is the way your husband is supposed to look like. This is the way you're supposed to get pleasure. That's why the guy has crazy psychotic thoughts of maybe we should ask your friend to come over more often and all types of disgusting things that religious guys tell their wives sometimes. I'm not talking about the non-religious world. Hashem Yachem, what's happening over there? There are certain communities where the guys have it as a thing where they switch wives. And it's normal and accepted. There's television shows, television shows about how they do this. Oh, you'll be my wife for this month and my wife will be his wife for this month. With everything included. This is what you're having your kids watch if you have a television at home. No, my kids don't watch this. You bet you are. Yes, they are. They definitely are. You have a TV, you have free internet in your house. They're allowed to see whatever they want. They're definitely watching this filth. How do I know? I talk to those kids all day. That's what they're watching. Guys that watch, girls that watch pornography, they start training their mind to unrealistic circumstances. And therefore, the Gemara continues, it's like the aroma of meat. What do you mean, the aroma of meat? Aroma of meat is someone who can't eat. Meaning that the smell of the meat, the smell of the meat is much more enticing than the meat itself. Why? Because the smell of the meat is un- gives you unrealistic expectations. When you smell the meat, it always smells delicious. You want to eat it. You want to have all of it. You want to have the whole cow. Once you have a bite, eh, it's not that good. It's not always as good as it smelled. That's pornography. You think, oh, I'm going to get married, so I'm going to get a wife or a husband like this. Ah, I'm going to get that girl, so she's going to do this, and she's going to, huh? And then once he makes the act, yeah, it wasn't that great after all. Why? He has unrealistic expectations. He thinks she's going to be like the prostitute on TV. She thinks he's going to be like that filthy animal on television. She doesn't realize that's not real life. The mean is not like the aroma. Those unrealistic expectations end up arriving at the limited reality that we have and the limited pleasure that we have which disappoint an endless amount of people and lead to an endless amount of divorces. There are countless men and women that are married to beautiful people that file for divorces weekly. Celebrities, for the most part, are generally beautiful people. That's part of the reason they became celebrities. Yet they all get married and divorced four, five, six, seven, numberless counts. Numberless times. Why? He's beautiful. She's beautiful. Why would you divorce such a beautiful thing? He's rich. He's beautiful. What's wrong with him? 
Ah, she's ugly. She's ugly. He's ugly. How? How could you see them as ugly? Because they have unrealistic expectations. They thought that the aroma of the meat will be just like the meat, and they realize, after all said and done, it's not. It's a disappointment. Why? Because they've trained themselves already for something unrealistic that's unattainable. They can't even get what they want ever. It's only a matter of time for them to be sick of whatever good they have anyway. Even what they have that they think is good now eventually will become old news. That's why the divorce rate is only a matter of time in the secular world, in the celebrity world. It's not maybe they will. It's a matter of time. Five years, if they make it that long. Ten years, twenty years. Depends how how famous he or she is. But it's a matter of time. You know what they celebrate in the celebrity world? Oh, this superstar is married to his wife for twenty years. So, call a cowboy. What, he wants to clap for you? That's the way it's supposed to be, Habibi. They're celebrating the guy's married to the same woman for 20 years, like he's some big shot now. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's how awful their world is. That's how awful the secular world is. Now, the Gemara continues. Because of these unrealistic uh, expectations, therefore the summer is more dangerous... The end of the summer is more dangerous than the beginning of the summer. Meaning that once a person trains themselves and in essence trains themselves for disgustingness, trains themselves for immorality and makes themselves addicted to this stuff, they in essence become much more vulnerable to do it again. Once you've watched pornography once or twice, that's it. You're much more vulnerable to press play again. You're much more vulnerable to be promiscuous. You're much more vulnerable to do bad things. Why? Because to you it became the new normal. It became allowed. It became, you know, not so much the forbidden fruit, but rather, yeah, you know, it's not so bad after all. Kabbalah says after you make the same sin twice, it becomes allowed in your mind. Yetzirah tells you it's allowed. That's why the end of the summer is more dangerous than the beginning of the summer. In the beginning, before you watched it, you weren't as vulnerable. It was something you never saw before. But once you become addicted to pornography, now you're much more vulnerable. Anybody says, oh, come look at this, you're going. Somebody says, come to this filthy club, you're going. Somebody says, you want to go a double date? Going. Doesn't matter, you're married, not married, busy, not busy. Doesn't make a difference. What? You're vulnerable, you're addicted. It's easier to repeat the sin even further when the sin is a thought. That's why it says the sin of thought is worse than the sin itself. Because now that you've seen pornography, you can repeat, you're much more vulnerable to make that sin over and over in your mind. You can make the sin in the middle of the afternoon. You're at work, you're in your office, you're doing whatever it is that you're doing. Somebody upsets you. You remember in your mind the last time you were upset, the way you relieved yourself, that made yourself not upset, is you went and did some filthy things. So what do you do? You go to the bathroom, you go to some place, you go to your car, you go to some filthy place, half hour break, you're finished. Some guys are so addicted, they do it in school, they do it in everywhere, they do it all day, all night, girls too. Why? 
they're addicted. And they don't even realize it's a disease. It's like having cancer and AIDS at the same time and thinking you're perfectly healthy. That's what pornography is. You're so vulnerable to make the sin endless times. Because it's a sin of thought. You can access that thought in a second. Whereas if it was a physical sin, it'll take time to fulfill that sin. But when it's thought, two seconds. Press the button, you have a phone in front of you, finished. Computer, finished. Television, finished. Go to the street, finished. You can just go to the store. Depends how sick you are. Some people could literally look at a pole and that's it, that's enough. Therefore, the Gemara continues, the person becomes like a heated oven. Why heated oven? Because rekindling the heated oven is much easier than rekindling an oven that's shut off completely. Because the oven, the old days, they had an oven, that fire. Turn off the oven, you turn off the fire, but the fire doesn't really turn off completely. Even if you put water on it, there's always still a few sparks here and there. Especially if it's still hot, you want to put the fire up loud again, two seconds. A guy is addicted to pornography, a woman is addicted to filth, guess what? Even if she's trying to stop Two seconds, she's back She's back to filth again. Even if he's trying to stop, two, three, four days, he sees some billboard, back to it again. As if nothing happened, as if he didn't watch. Very difficult to do tshuva. That's why the Zohar Kadosh says to do tshuva for wasting seed is impossible. Not impossible per se that you can't do it. Impossible per se that Hashem is not going to help you. You have to do it yourself. Why? Because the sin is so great. Hashem says... If you really want to do tshuva for it, you have to do it yourself. So a heated oven is much easier to rekindle. Someone that's already addicted to pornography is much, unfortunately, much more vulnerable and they continue failing. And therefore, the winter fever is much more dangerous than the summer fever. Why? Why is the winter fever much more dangerous than the summer fever? that this means that there's a stronger addiction to this than natural intimacy. When a person is addicted to wasting seed or pleasuring themselves in whatever form or another, this Rabbutai Karim leads a person to become more addicted to this than even natural intimacy. Hence the reason why this is a problem in many houses where the people are married and they have a relatively healthy sex life. Meaning even if the wife wants to be with him whenever he wants, whenever it's allowed, and the husband is okay, the guys that are addicted to pornography will still waste seed many times unless they have Yilat Shamayim. Why? It's much easier. He doesn't have to wine and dine. doesn't have to convince anyone. doesn't have to wait for a certain time of the month or when the kids are sleeping or when the lights are off or on. All he's got to do is do his filth, go to the bathroom, go to his room, go to his car, go to hell, wherever he's going to make the sin. And I said, he's finished. Same thing with the wife. Ah, I don't have to have this or the whole thing. Ah, she does also. Why? Because they're already mentally sick and they don't realize they're sick. Hence, that the reason why they say that the uh, uh, 
fever of winter is more dangerous than the summer is because it lasts longer. The addiction is much more difficult to overcome. The fever of the winter is much more difficult to overcome than the fever of the summer. This type of addiction that's a mental sin is much more difficult to overcome. Why? Because it's literally more addictive than the physical part. Meaning even if somebody was addicted to being with another person all the time, they won't be as addicted to that as they are to themselves. Because it's so much easier, so much more convenient, and so much more addictive, if you will. And then the Gemara continues, it says that it's like a cold oven. This, when once a person gets addicted to pornography, he becomes like a cold oven that is much more difficult to light up. Light up with Musar. Light up with Emet. It's much more difficult to wake a sleepy Neshama to do Tshuva when they're addicted to wasting seed, to promiscuity, to immorality. They're like a cold oven. A cold oven is harder to ignite than an oven that's just sitting there or perhaps even a hot oven. There's ice everywhere. That's what this pornography does. That's what this immorality does. You're constantly sinning in your mind so to get you out of the filth is much more difficult. It's not enough to tell you about Genom. It's not enough to tell you about Kafakela. It's not enough to tell you about Yirat Shamayim. You have to tell the person how they're ruining their own life by showing them what's happening with their own life. Look, your wife is unhappy with you, right? Yeah, how did you know? That's because our neshama knows that you're cheating on her. Your wife doesn't want to be with you as often, right? Yeah, how did you know? That's because our neshama knows that you're cheating on her. Your money, every time you make money, it's always being spent on bills and, and IRS and doctor bills and you don't have enough money ever even though you got a raise every year since you started, right? Yeah, how'd you know? That's because all the shefa that Hashem gives you, you're wasting it. You start showing them that all of the curses of the Torah that are mentioned by the Chachamim are actually happening in his life. You don't look as good as you were younger, right? You're starting to lose hair, right? Yeah, how'd you know? Do you ever see me? No, but I know what happens. You have a bald spot. You're only 25, right? Yeah, how'd you know? That's because that's what happens also. You always feel oily, right? Yeah, how'd you know? That's because that's what happens. Your skin becomes oily. You start becoming disgusting. Ever notice that you always smell bad? Yeah, how'd you know? That's what happens. Were you a prophet? No, I just read books. That's what happens. That's what the Chachamim say happens. Not all of it, all to one person, but for sure one of them and many others. That's what happens. You start showing people, this stuff is not just a punishment in Gainom that they don't even know what it is yet. And have a hard believing in it. Hard time believing it. You show them in their own life. That's why that first shiur about wasting seed is so popular. Because not just talking about genome and the dangerous part, but it's also talking about the stuff that happens in this world to people. Marriages break up. Difficulty finding a shiduch. People are cheating on you. People are lying to you. Losing money. Uh, problems with all types of panasah. 
all types of health issues, all types of weird things with your body. You start getting seeing things, weird stuff happening when you go to sleep, see all types of beings, everything looks like a face to you, all types of wonderful stuff that you definitely don't want in your life. You go on the internet, you go type in night terrors, you see how many hundreds of videos people made about night terrors, but nobody has the reason except the Torah. Anyone that has night terrors, it's only happening because of wasting seed. And Abu Dazara, that's usually two are connected. Because wasting seed, according to the Gemara, is the same thing as Abu Dazara. That's what Abu Dazara requires, blood or seed. So now when someone is already addicted to this mental sin of pornography, they're like a cold oven, the Gemara says. Harder to help them. Because now that they're addicted to something that's unnatural, they see things on TV that are unnatural. Men and women doing things that are unnatural, not normal. That means that even if they try to stop and they get married to a normal person, it's going to be a little bit of time before they get used to it and actually enjoy it. Because their level of good and bad and their appreciation of good and bad and generally their senses altogether are off. They're not going to be happy with normal for a while. Because they're used to things that are not normal. I remember on Wall Street, I had a guy work for me. This guy, sick person, sickest person I ever met, came from a very, very rich family. He said during his teenage years, he used to crash uh, uh, Ferraris and Porsches for fun. That's how much money he came up with. This guy, you can give him 50 women. He won't be happy with any one of them. Marry all 50, divorce all 50, give him another 50, still won't be happy. Why? He's destroyed all of his senses of normalcy. All senses of normalcy. Unfortunately, kids are doing this to themselves all day, every day today. By watching this filth on the internet and on TV and on all types of places. It's harder to get those people off because they're now no longer going to view natural things as good. They're not gonna those good those normal things are not gonna meet their standards due to their addiction to all types of fantastical things. And that's why the next part of the Gemara says, returning the old info is harder, meaning remembering something, old memory is harder than, relearning something that was forgotten is harder than acquiring new information. Relearning the old information, meaning you used to know, remember that normal intimacy was good for you, you thought it was good, it was pleasurable to you. But now it's become old. And re-educating the guy that that old is actually the good is much more difficult. Because you have to remove the filth that he's replaced it with. You have to re-educate him about standards. And that's why the last part of the Gemara says that making cement is more difficult if you're going to make it from old cement than from new cement. Once a person breaks all of their senses of normalcy, it's much more difficult to bring them back into a whole person than to train your children already as young kids not to waste seed. 
if you give me a bunch of school of kids, you're going to see those kids growing up as Adashem Kedoshim. Why? The vast majority of them are going to be Kedoshim. Why? Because as soon as they enter the school, whether they're 6 years old or 16, they're going to start getting trickling of information from a Torah that has to do with Gamabrit, along with many other things of information. Why? Because you're supposed to teach this to kids. Not by the time it's too late. Some people are foolish. I had some Rasha over here in Florida, in North Miami Beach, telling me, no, I don't agree with your teaching. You're teaching Gamabrit to, to, to teenagers. I said, who am I supposed to teach it to? People that already ruined their bleat already by the time they're your age at 40, 50 years old? Teach them when they're teenagers, so hopefully they're not too addicted to it. There's still hope. But if you wait, you wait for them to turn 25, 35 already, it's too late already. They're already addicted to it. They've been doing it for 15, 20 years. Good luck fixing that. You know how hard it is to fix that? For every one guy, for every one male that's 30 years old, that we helped them do tshuva for wasting seed, we probably helped 50 kids. Even though the kids did it much more often, much more addicted to it, it wasn't a long-lasting addiction. Just like the Gemara says, it wasn't broken already. Their senses of normalcy haven't been broken yet. Whereas the guy that's 30, 40, 50 years old, he's broken a lot of his normalcy. You have to literally retrain the guy. Takes a lot of time. A lot of effort, but it works eventually. The point is, Rabotai, that everything that the scientists recently discovered from different neurological experiments, psychological experiments, and so on, already is written in the Gemara. It's written in a certain way that's hard to understand unless you study the subject deeply, but simply said, the, the thoughts of sin are worse than the sin itself. Why? Because you can make many more sins in your mind than you can make in your physical self. This is why you have to protect your eyes no matter whether you're male or female. And this has a lot to do with everything that we talked about today. If the man or woman understands that whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you is yours. Whatever he didn't give you is not yours. Don't desire more. If you already start training yourself not to desire more than what you have and be happy with what you have, automatically it will help you with everything else we talked about. Because if you know that he gave you a wife, that means that the only woman you're allowed to look at is your wife, you're not going to desire more. Why? You know that the only woman you're allowed to look at is your wife. Naturally, what ends up happening, your wife becomes the most beautiful person on earth on your, in your eyes. Why? Because she's the only one you stare at. Other women you see that pass you, say hello, they're a colleague, but you never stare at any other woman. Why? They're not your wife. Your wife, you stare at her as much as you want. Honey, you're so beautiful. Yeah, honey, what are you talking about? I'm wearing pajamas. Why? How beautiful? He goes, you're the most beautiful thing on earth. I haven't put on makeup in three weeks. Amazing. I don't know. Maybe you're made out of gold. What are you talking about? Wait, they're feeding you drugs and kolel? Yes, drugs of Kedusha. Why? You're the only woman I can see. A guy that watches his eyes, naturally his wife, looks more beautiful to him every day. 
doesn't matter how much she weighs and how little she weighs and what she eats and what she doesn't eat, as long as she's Ktosha, as long as she also preserves herself, as long as she's Tznua, if she's Putza, Shem Yachem. This also leads to the next point. This is why it's in every woman's best interest to never ever wear a wig. Never wear a wig no matter what your husband says. Because by wearing a wig, forget about the other argument that we've mentioned already for four years about immodesty and about the Avodah Zarah and it's coming from India. Put that aside for a second. Every smart woman will never ever wear a wig. And the reason why the second you put on a wig, you're giving your husband full permission to look at every woman. Why? They look just like you. They look just like you. Oh, I didn't know she's married. Oh, I didn't. Oh, she's married. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. That's why the, the people that fight for wigs the most are guys. Reshaim. Reshaim. Some of them call themselves Chabadniks. Some of them call themselves all types of other uh, Jews and so on. Biggest Reshaim in the world. Why? Woman having a wig gives you permission to look at women. Why? It's not enough to be modest with a mitpachat. I need to be superstar. I need to look like the goyim. I need to be beautiful in the streets, not just beautiful for my husband. More. The guy wants more. The woman wants more. She wants to be more. She wants to not only be beautiful for her husband, she wants to be beautiful for people in the public. So she wants to wear a wig. Hashem says be beautiful for your husband. But she's not happy with that. She wants to be beautiful also for other people too. So she wants to wear a wig. The guy says... I want her beautiful all the time and I want to also be able to look anywhere I want. It's not enough for me. So he wants to also wear a wig. This is what people don't do the calculation. The biggest advocates for wigs are guys, not women. Women will happily do chuba for this most of the time. It's easier. But that's the problem. When you're addicted to filth, it only leads to wrong decisions. So, it's very, very important for guys to understand. If you watch your eyes, your wife automatically becomes beautiful to you. The most beautiful thing you've ever seen. You're happy with what you have. What about if you're not married? We go back to the same equation. This is what Hashem gave you. Hashem gave you the mitzvah of being single right now. Because He says in the Gemara, Who are the people that make Hashem Happier than ever. Happier than anything. You could say somebody learns a lot of Torah and uh, finishes Shas. You could say somebody that uh, does Kiruv. You could say somebody that is, uh, gives Takah. You could say a lot of things, right? But what does the Gemara says? Who makes Hashem happy? A young man that's single, that can sin, but doesn't. A young man that can sin with wasting seed. Either with somebody or by himself. But he doesn't. He makes Hashem happy. Allah says. So Hashem, what he, he didn't give you a wife. Why? Because he's giving you an opportunity to make him happy. Who doesn't want to go up to Shemaim after 120 and Hashem says, Oh, here's my son, here's my daughter. You make me so happy. Who doesn't want that welcome? Oh, here's the one that made me happy. You have an opportunity. You're single? Be happy with that. Why? 
you have an opportunity to be, make Hashem happy. When Hashem wants you to make Him happy in a different way, with a wife, with a husband, I'll give you that. Be happy with whatever you have. It doesn't mean don't be ambitious. It doesn't mean don't have ishtadlut and don't try. But don't make yourself obsessed over those things. Don't make your whole life about it. Don't break your rules and the Torah's rules for it. Oh yeah, he's a nice guy. He's not religious, but listen, I have to get married. Or like this guy sends me a thing. He goes, listen, what would you say if, uh, if my shiduch, she, uh, you know, she is not exactly so religious, but she says she'll keep Shabbat. Is this still a good shiduch? I said, well, keep Shabbat is good. It's one of the mitzvot. What about keep modesty? No, she's not into that modesty. How is this a shiduch then? She wants to be married to everybody. Carlos from the supermarket, Steve from work, uh, you know, Sylvester from the uh, construction company. When she's not modest, she wants everybody to look at her. How is this a shiduch? How is a shiduch exactly? Why? So desperate from being alone and not understanding the line being alone. Significance of being alone sometimes. How many mitzvot you can make Alone. You have an opportunity to make Hashem happy. Doesn't mean you should be alone permanently. But right now, Hashem didn't give you a wife. Make, do your best with what you have. But no, you're going to break the rules. You think you can teach Hashem. Oh, Hashem didn't give me a normal wife that wants to be modest, so I'm going to marry this putza. Oh, what do you think about, uh, you know, this girl is not exactly uh, uh, religious, and she's uh, not exactly Jewish, but she's really nice though. And she wants to marry me. What do you think? I don't think about things like this. I have better hopes for mankind, especially the Jewish people. That they have brains and realize what's allowed, what's not allowed. If you're a Jew, you have to marry a Jew. If you're not a Jew, you don't marry Jews. Simple. Torah says Jews marry Jews. Non-Jews marry non-Jews. If you're a non-Jew, you're married to a Jew, you have a problem. Even if you're a nice person, you go up to Shaman, they're going to rip you apart. Permanently. Why? You murdered a Jew by marrying him, by marrying her. Nice person doesn't mean anything in Shemaim. Nice only is defined by Hashem. So when a person understands that they can fulfill the will of Hashem regardless of what they have, all of a sudden most of their problems are solved. They don't want more. They just want to do whatever they can with what they have. I have five bucks in my pocket. I'm going to do whatever I can with the five dollars. I got 500,000 in my pocket. I'm going to do whatever I can with the 500,000. I got a house. I'm going to do whatever I can with the house. I have a car. I'm going to do whatever I can with that car. I have a kid. I'm going to do whatever I can with the kid to be the best parent I can be with this kid. Whatever you have, do the best you can. Stop complaining about more. Because what ends up happening is that when you complain about more, you end up doing bad things that are against Hashem.
בהמשך. אני מברך, אני מברך את הרבנים. רגע, רגע. אני מברך את הרבנים, הרב ירון ראובן, הרב אפרים כחלון, ראשי ארגון בעזרת השם. שמסיים הכל. שערכו את שאלו מעלה מעלה, יהיה להם ברכה והצלחה. הקדוש ברוך הוא ימלא בלשונות ליבם, לטובה ולברכה. שבכל אשר יפנו, ישכילו ויצליחו. יזכו עוד לעשות כאלה וכאלה, הודיעו תורה לאדירה, אמן ואמן. אנחנו נכנסים בעזרת השם רשת בכל הארץ. הוא היהודי הזה, הוא היה מיליונר, סגר את כל הביזנס, אמר אני משקיע פה בעולמה של תורה. איפה הוא גר? בפלורידה. פלורידה. איפה זה פלורידה? באמריקה. במיאמי. כן, ליד. אנחנו שם עכשיו הולכים להקים קהילה ספרדית.